0: Are you curious what all this CBD talk is about? I have found the brand for you. Today's episode is sponsored by Beam. If you listen to past episodes or you follow me on Instagram, you already know about this. But if you haven't, let me give you a little insight. It's a third-party tested, THC-free, full-spectrum CBD. You can use the lotion, tincture, or consume the bars to get just the amount of CBD you need. Check out their website, beamtlc.com, that's B-E-A-M-T-L-C.com, and use code FRECKLEDFOODIE15 for 15% off the entire site. Hello, everyone. I'm back in Samsung 8 through seven. I don't know why it feels like I haven't been here in so long. I know shows have been uploading and releasing every week, but for me, it's kind of been a while. They've been a little bit backlogged, but I'm here with an out-of-towner, Sari Yay! Diskin <laughs> from Eat Well with Sari. I'm so pumped to have you on.
1: I'm so excited to be here finally.
0: I know. I'm happy we made this work. So, Sari and I have been friends. When did we first? I think. Oh, we, in Florida. Okay,
1: I started following you around your wedding. I'm like, this girl knows how to party. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love you. And then
1: we like found out we were both in Florida at the same yeah, time and very close right around to each the corner. Other. Yes. And then we were like, let's go to Christopher's kitchen. Yes, I, that's. The rest so is I
0: remember that was our first like date our blind date yeah um but since then we've become good friends but she now lives in Chicago but was in Detroit in the beginning of our friendship and so I've wanted to have you on here but I Don't do the podcast via Skype. It's all in person. So it's just been – it's not your fault. It's just been (laughs) a matter of time. And we're about to head out to Expo East later today. So it worked out perfectly.
1: It worked out perfect. So
0: welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Um,
0: theres We were chatting on our walk over to the studio. There is definitely no game plan for this episode because I usually have like a specific topic I want to talk to people about. But when it's someone that I'm really good friends with in this space, I just want it to totally be a conversation. And, you know, like two people are just – here hanging out with us. So let's kick it off. All right. How would you define success?
1: Um, I think success is having pride in what you do. Totally. So agree. caring and loving what you do and being proud of it. Mm-hmm. For example, I went to get my nails done the other day and I have never had a more like, like a better manicurist who cared more about what she did in my life. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Wow, you might look at someone who's a manicurist and say, oh, yeah. it's like, quote unquote, in what society defines success financially. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be like the most ideal job. But literally, she was so proud, so happy to be there. And in that moment, I was like, that's the goal. Like, no matter mm-hmm. what you do, just having pride in what you do and caring and loving it is more important than anything.
0: Where were you? Sundays? No, I was in
1: somewhere in Chicago, Oh, okay. which is a great place. But this, <laughs> I, this woman was passionate. I loved it.
0: I love finding people that are passionate at their job, no matter what the job is. Exactly, it could be like running a freaking Fortune 500 company, Mm -hmm. or it could be like cleaning a pool. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's it's the dedication and the effort, and like the I want to accomplish this, and I'm going to, and I'm gonna make sure it's done freaking well.
1: And caring, like we all have, we all only have 24 hours in the day, Mm -hmm. and the time that we spent to work is valuable if it's something that we have pride in and are proud in and care about.
0: Totally And agree. you might
1: not be there right now, but yeah. if you have something in mind or somewhere you want to go, that's also important.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you fi- feel that you're successful currently in what you're doing? And, like, do you feel that pride?
1: Yeah, I do feel that pride. And I think being in a career like us where we have – there's no – you don't get validation from a boss or mm-hmm. you don't get, like, a pat on the back by anyone. But what you do get is feedback from your community yep. and – that gives me a huge sense of pride, good or bad, just that people are there and they're paying attention and they mm-hmm. care. And I get some really sweet messages, how I inspire people, and that, like, to me, is ma- what makes it all worth it. So,
0: yeah. I totally agree. When I get a DM story of, you know, what you talked about regarding this really hit home with me and because of XYZ, or, like, you talking about this inspired me to do this, that to me is, I I mean, like, I cr- I got one of the sweetest messages from a girl who had listened to my podcast with my mom and she had messaged me saying that she lost her mother and was really nervous to listen to the episode because she didn't know what it would trigger and how she would feel. And her response was so encouraging and, she expressed so much gratitude. I was hysterically crying reading Aww. it. Um, it's stuff like that. Totally, that yeah. It, it's so much more validating than a boss, in my opinion. My boss being like, "Oh, good job."
1: Yeah, For
0: there's sure. more meaning to it.
1: I I completely agree. And I mean, it took me a while to get there, and some days mm-hmm. I've still. Some days I literally I'm like, "Wow, I'm on top of the world. I'm doing great. I'm meeting my goals. I'm organized. I'm I'm running my own business. Like rah mm-hmm. rah." And then Sundays I'm like, "I suck. I can't do this." Like. Everyone's better than me. So it's just, it's so up and down and just nourishing your good days and nourishing Mm. your up days and remembering those for when you're having those tough days is really important. I actually saw... My friend Maggie, she's Once Upon a Pumpkin on Instagram, Mm -hmm. talked recently in her stories about having like a positive business journal where like every time something good happens or you get a good email or a good DM, you just kind of make a little note of it Mm -hmm. and then look back on it when you're like, F this. Yeah. And it just really reminds you that you're doing a good job and you got this. So I think I'm going to start doing that. So
0: I have two points. One, I totally agree. And I think it's so freaking insane how I can feel Like I'm fucking on top of the world and this boss bitch one day and then the next day have the worst imposter syndrome. Be like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm a (laughs) failure. Like what has become of my life? And it blows my mind that the same person can have those two thoughts. But it happens. Yeah, every (laughs) – But something I do, which is similar to what your friend recommended, is I I have a hard time tying – Success outside financial, outside of financials, just right. because of the worlds we live in, and also the job that I was in, it was very totally. money driven, and so I've been working a lot with my therapist on okay, how do I disassociate financials from success? Because if you ask me, my definition of success, it wouldn't be financially, but then like internally, sometimes that's where it goes, right? And so. You know, month end, I always like close out my financials and I have this whole spreadsheet and whatever perks of being your own boss and like having to pay yourself. But it's so crazy because I could have an amazing month of feeling really good about myself and then when I close out my financials and Maybe I didn't make as much as the last month. I'm like, what the fuck was I doing this month? And then I get down on myself. Yeah. And so what she told me to implement is I have a column in my spreadsheet that's like a happiness scale. Okay. And so throughout the month, I have, I have a personal journal and a business journal. And in the business journal, I have for each month like highlights. And so I write down similar to what your friend said, like just things that happen. Like I wrote last night, I had a really amazing panel event here at Samsung. And that to me was fucking awesome like yeah, it was really cool totally. so i write that down and then when the month end comes and i have to put him a number for my happiness scale i look back at the highlights i'm like wow yeah i was really proud of a lot of things this month like i was happy and so maybe my happiness scale is at a nine and my financials are a little less than last month but
1: totally. it's a different
0: way if that's that makes a really sense good idea it's really helped and me. that's
1: having pride yeah which i agree success i totally agree <laughs>
0: Because, I mean, there's some months I make way more than other months, and I'm like, I didn't really feel like I did anything this month. Totally. So I agree. Whatever. Um, yeah. It's, it's all a learning situation. I agree. We're all getting there. So you've obviously mentioned that we do similar things, but can you give a little bit of a backstory or a deep dive for listeners who maybe aren't familiar with you of your story and what exactly you do?
1: For sure. So Cold's Notes version – um, I went to, what you call
0: it? Cold notes? Cold's
1: notes? Oh, I think that's a Canadian thing. I'm like, what? Hold on. Spark notes. Do you mean notes? spark notes? But yeah. it's cold. was cold notes in Canada. <laughs> okay. Great place to start. I'm Canadian.
0: I was going to say also people are <laughs> probably wondering where your accent is from.
1: Yes, I have an accent. Um, I was born in Toronto, went to college in London, Ontario. Um, I did an honors in media studies and writing and then went to grad school for business advertising and worked in advertising for 4 years at a huge agency working on like the biggest bank in Canada, huge transportation companies. So mm-hmm. my business background is in, you know, executing and facilitating facilitating strategy for huge advertising campaigns across like tons of mediums. So that's where my understanding of client relationships and I was marketing say comes in. It's definitely helpful. Oh yeah, like I don't think I'm it's huge for me to be able to run my business now. Mm-hmm. Um And then I met my now husband at summer camp when we were in our early 20s, and then I moved to Detroit where he was from. Were you a counselor? Yes, we were counselors. That's why I always (laughs) say, like, I was 21. Um, And we moved to Detroit after our wedding, which was in June 2016. And then I got another advertising job there um, while he was in med school, I started working at this company. It was absolutely terrible. So I left with nothing, like literally Mm -hmm. no plan. Interviewed at a bunch of places, trying to get another advertising job. Everything was automotive. And then I was like, I'm just gonna, as I'm looking for a job, start a blog. I always wanted to. I Mm -hmm. always like looked at other bloggers. This was like early 2017. So it was a little bit before Instagram blew up. And I was like, I could do that. Like I love the idea of sharing and being creative. Like that's what lights me up. And so I just started kind of with no expectation, mm-hmm. went to IIN at the same time, and then things just started to fall into place a little bit. Yep. I started to get noticed. I started to grow. There weren't a ton of people in Detroit doing that. I was going to
0: say, that's got to be really helpful. It was
1: helpful. Um, and I just decided I'm literally making $50 a month right now, but I'm <laughs> going to just give myself a year and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um I was able like to set myself up for that, which I'm grateful for, yeah. and gave myself that opportunity. And then at a year, I was doing pretty well. So what I what had evolved was I was taking on health coaching clients mm-hmm. and creating content and sponsored recipes and lifestyle things for brands. So I'd say now being over two years later, what I mainly do is recipe development Mm -hmm. and food photography for brands, whether that be something you see on my blog or on my Instagram or something I create for brands and share with them Um, and less health coaching right now. So my main focus Mm -hmm. is has been creating long term authentic partnerships with brands. I love and feel connected with to create content for them every month on a
0: consistent basis. Mm -hmm. And I really love it. Do you – that's a great story. Thanks. Also, it's really int- – like, we're on very similar timeline paths.
1: Yes. I feel
0: like we started our accounts around the same time. Yes. You left to do this full-time. Just a little bit before me, though. Not much, now that I'm thinking about it.
1: Well, it's interesting because I didn't leave to do anything full-time. Right, I just kind of pursued. said I was going to give myself a year. So I'd say I started Eat Well with – it was actually Eat Well Detroit when I first started. Mm-hmm. Then I changed it. I started it May 2017.
0: Okay. Yeah, so similar. Yeah. Because um, I left May of 2018. Yeah. Right? Yeah.
1: Because you had just hit your year.
0: Yes. Okay. Um, And regarding health coaching, is it something that you think you'll continue to pursue maybe in the future? Like I'm currently – I. Was doing programs, and then there was a lot going on this summer with my own health, and I felt like mm-hmm. I couldn't show up for other people because totally. I had so much going on personally that I had to focus on. But it is something I miss, and I loved it. So I think I'm going to start picking back up my practice um, this fall maybe. Yeah. But is it something that you find you're interested in continuing, or are you more passionate about other things? Like,
1: so I have it's a hard time deciding. Me too. So about a year ago, I was working with like 10 women, That's and so they were many. all – it was a lot and i was doing all of this too it That's was way too much and i worked with some amazing girls and i they were all kind of looking for the same thing mm-hmm. and i had a i realized who my ideal person was mm-hmm. but as things started to really pick up with you know projects for advertising yep. purposes i didn't promote health coaching and it kind of just like fell a little bit and That's i had I like one enough. or two clients here and there. Right now, I'm working with one person. I have two consultations next week. So I take it if people come to me, but I don't advertise it so much because it's mm-hmm. not – I don't want to overdo it like I did. Yeah. So now, like, I'm still interested in it. I still do it a little bit, but the the other stuff, like the content development mm-hmm. and brand work that I'm doing is, is at the forefront right now.
0: That makes sense. That's how I feel as well because I love it. But I also really enjoy, like, this podcast and creating content for my blog and Instagram and events and all that. And at some point, like, you can't do everything. Mm-hmm. So it's a little on the back burner right now because you really have to be able to show up. You have to have the time for these people.
1: Totally. And, I mean, my life's been insane in the past year. Like, I've Yeah, moved. you moved. I... I just generally, no matter how, no matter which way I slice it, I'm always traveling. Yeah. I don't know how, like even when I, I moved to Chicago, way. I'm like, all right, right, I'm not traveling. And I have been a little bit less, mm-hmm. um, but I'm just, I'm always on the go. So I'm in terms of creating my content and things that I have to get done for the month in September, I've already created everything. Like I knew I was traveling a lot. So I set myself up for success this month. Mm -hmm. And then next month, I'm not traveling at all. So I can kind of have a little bit more
0: flow with my schedule. But planning in
1: advance is really important, especially when I'm in the kitchen.
0: I totally agree. And then going back to what you said with your story, where you decided you were just going to leave and figure it out. And you said... I mean, I don't know if that's the exact amount, but you were like, I'm making 50 bucks a month. Like, at that point, you weren't financially benefiting much off of your Instagram. No. And you were able to take that risk. I'm curious, only because it's something I struggle with. Yeah. But do you ever feel a sense of guilt over the fact that you're, you were in a place that allowed you to do that?
1: Um. Yes. I. I. But sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. So... Mm-hmm. My husband at the time was in med school. He was going to be in med school for another two years. Yeah. And having family help at that time is the only way that we were able to both follow our dreams. Mm -hmm. And it's not like family help. I had family help and then I was, you know, running off. And like, it's, I think just you're dealt cards in life. And Mm -hmm. sometimes those help to your advantage and sometimes they don't. And there's no reason not to live the life that you want and have shame for that, but I totally understand what you mean mm-hmm. by guilt. And as long as you express gratitude and you're doing your best every day, then it's it's just yeah. something you got to let go of.
0: I know it's something I'm really working on, and it's a, I've had long conversations with my parents about it. Um, and at some part, points, I'm like, I feel such guilt over this and like the privilege is eating me up inside. But then at other points, I'm like, why would I not be appreciative for everything my parents worked so hard for to allow me – you know, I I actually – like, I had made – it was actually my job at J.P. Morgan that allowed me to do this for six months or a year. I went in being like, if I don't make money for six months, then I'm fine. Yeah, But obviously, the family I came from originally set me up to be in a place to then – you know, great schooling to go to J.P. Morgan to be able to, whatever, live in totally, New York, all totally. that. Um, and then the other part of me is like, why would I ever just not open that with gracious arms and appreciate it and move forward? And I try to do that. I feel like we both give back and, you know, take that energy and also yeah, pay it forward. Totally, I don't know, it's something I struggle with and so but I'm always a good, curious.
1: So a good analogy to think about is like, if a plant is put in an area with lots of sunlight and water, it'll grow with less, you know, it'll grow and Issue, issues, I guess. Right. And if easier. it's put in a, it'll, dar- grow, it'll easier. grow easier. And if put in a dark room, it might be more, more of difficult. a challenge. So yeah. it's just, I like to think of it as this is my life and I work really hard and mm-hmm. I don't take it for granted. And right now, Jacob and I are supporting ourselves, which mm-hmm. is great. Like he's started his residency yep. and my business is doing pretty well. And I'm very grateful for that, but I'm not going to not follow my dreams. No, I I totally agree. Like, if you have the space to do that, like, if you ask anybody who doesn't have the space to do that, if you had the space to do that, would you go after it? Mm -hmm. And they would probably say yes.
0: Yeah, it'd be a shame not to.
1: Totally. So, yeah, Yeah. I totally
0: understand the guilt. It's it's just very interesting. I think mainly because we live such public lifestyles, I guess, like with... Our community on Instagram, yeah, that how much we share. Sometimes it comes up. So yeah, it's something I'm always pondering, for sure. Um, so totally switching topics. Okay, but what would be your favorite characteristic about yourself?
1: Um, I'm gonna say two things. Okay, I think I bring people together. I'm. Star- I totally agree. I'm starting to realize that, like, as I've moved to Chicago and as and moving to Detroit and. Meeting people and having them meet each other and make, taking initiative mm-hmm. to make plans. I've started to realize I I bring people together.
0: You're such an inclusive soul.
1: Yeah. Oh, thank you. Like even like so one of my best friends from college is also in the space mm-hmm. and one of my newer friends in the space yeah. just moved into the same building in New York and the past couple of days we've all been hanging out and now they're friends.
0: Yeah. And even Bethany and I, you yeah. introduced us.
1: Totally. And even like when I was at Expo West I was like we had this big dinner I was thinking dinner. about the dinner that and literally was like is what I was just girls thinking about. and I'm like I planned this but I didn't know I didn't it just happened mm-hmm. it just happened so I'm starting to realize that I I bring people together and I'm I'm good at connecting with new people and I think the other thing that I lo- love about myself and I'm trying to be more loving to myself in general because I'm really hard on mm-hmm. myself so this is a good practice for me is my optimism mm-hmm. um I just try to stay positive and like some days suck and I have a hard time and I'm stressed and anxious, but I really try to stay positive. I feel and like you're the most
0: positive person I know <laughs> and I'm not just saying that.
1: I do get that feedback. I hope it's not like annoying.
0: No. You're <laughs> just like the happiest little bubble of energy. Aw. Thank you. But I was thinking that too because the dinner at Expo West, I walked into it obviously knowing you and Aaron and Em, but... I don't think I had. I don't think I knew anyone else there, and that yeah. was. I looked at you and I was like, "How do you have so many friends? You, I think like you know everyone <laughs> in the Instagram space. You and Lara, like, yeah. I know no one, and I feel like you know I so many like, people. I also like
1: because I moved to a new place and ha- like that was how I've made friends like, in Chicago. If I didn't have my Instagram, I'm sure through like the couple people I know there, I would have found great friends. But that's truly how I've made friends, mm-hmm. and that's, I'm so grateful for it. Like, that's who I go to workouts with. That's who I get together with for dinner. That's who I'm going to events with. It's, it's been really nice. And everyone has been so welcoming and damned to earth. I was so nervous.
0: It's such a fun community to be a part of. Yeah. And that's what it is, a community.
1: Yeah, for sure. And we have this little chat of like wellness blogger-ish people Mm -hmm. in Chicago. And everyone's like, hey, doing this workout, who wants to come? Or I'm hosting this event, who wants to come? And it's been really nice. Yeah. I feel comfortable. That's so, great. Yeah.
0: What's been the hardest part about moving to a new city?
1: Um. So right now I'm in like the newness phase where I'm like obsessed with Chicago and the food's so good.
0: Okay.
1: The hardest part has been Jacob's schedule. Mm-hmm. We were long distance for five years so I'm very used to being independent and making my own plans but residency is brutal, especially at the mm-hmm. beginning. And he does have some weeks where it's really chill. But seeing him go through that and it's just – and not – like some days I won't – I'll see him for like five minutes at five in the morning for like four days straight. Wow. And But he comes home and he's also very positive with a smile on his face. And he's like, yeah, I did this, this, and this, and I saved lives. And, oh, my God, it was so cool and never complains. <laughs> like, Well, recently a little bit, but <laughs> – The hardest part is trying to be the most supportive partner Mm -hmm. through all of that and just the time.
0: Yeah, because it's hard to be supportive in the sense of you know he's following his dreams and you're so proud of him. But some part of you also wants to just freaking see him.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So it's dealing with the frustration of that but not letting it overcome the support and the proud and all of those feelings.
1: Absolutely. And – Jacob's a great partner, like Mm -hmm. he's awesome, and when he does have the time, he's there 110%, so I'm really grateful for that, and look, this year is going to be hard,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and we just have to take the time we get, but at the end of the day, he's going into a part of medicine, he's going into eye surgery, ophthalmology, that. that tends to a very good lifestyle and a balanced lifestyle. Um, he's obviously going to work his butt off and probably do a fellowship and mm-hmm. maybe work at a hospital, may, maybe join a private practice. But the reason ophthalmology is one of the most competitive specialties is because it's a good lifestyle.
0: Interesting. So
1: like that, dermatology, radiology. it just radiology.
0: residency right now is not – is it specifically
1: yeah, ophthalmology? Yeah, so this year, he's year that he's residency? in, for everybody, for everybody who does a residency, they have to do an intern year. Mm-hmm. Or the first year of residency, you're an intern. And you're okay. like – the bottom of the barrel, like you would be on the trading floor yeah. right and the way the residency is set up sometimes it's like or for a lot of hospitals it's like kind of like hazing into sorority in a mm-hmm. way like you have to put in the hours and like some days he'll text me at like 7 p.m that he hasn't eaten or peed and I'm like whoa that's unhealthy but it's just it's the system crazy. needs to change. But
0: is he doing ophthalmology? No, not right now. Okay, that's what so I So right wondering. now he's
1: in a general year of medicine.
0: Got it. So My friend is doing this, I think, at yeah. um, Boston Children.
1: Yeah. So a lot of specialties, if you're going to something super specific, like mm-hmm. eyes, you have to do a general year of medicine. So like... So you know everything else. Yeah, totally. So right now he's in surgery. It's pretty intense. Like 5 a.m. till God knows when. And, I mean, he comes home and he doesn't complain. Like, he loves it. You have to love it. You have to You, have to. you have Otherwise, to be obsessed with
0: yeah. being a doctor. <laughs> so how does that – it's interesting that you're married to someone who's so focused on, like, the American side of medicine. Right. Um, because I think in our space – and we've talked about this before. Yes. There's a lot of pushing more of the holistic route, which I fully support. But I also understand that there is a place – for both. For sure. Um, and I've been really open about it on my Instagram, especially after, for instance, my car accident. Like, I, of course, was going to yeah. a hospital to see a neurologist. I wasn't, like, focusing on a functional medicine. At the same time, I've been working with holistic approaches after the accident. So sure. I do think the reason that I fully healed from my concussion was craniosacral therapy. Yep. And my healer that I have a 18-year-plus relationship with. For sure. Um, But now my anxiety has definitely found, like, different triggers after the accident. And I was doing everything I possibly could from, like, the holistic side of the spectrum with meditating, journaling, therapy, like, all of that. But I finally acknowledged, okay, like, there's something in my DNA. It is totally genetic and it is clear it's within my family. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to go on medication and use the assistance that I can. And so – I'm okay balancing the two and yep. realizing that there's a serious need for both. But how do you feel being in this space, mer- like because I'm sure he has different sure. opinions.
1: Okay, so I'll take a step back and say I love looking at life in a in a balanced way. So yep. anyone who is a hundred percent holistic, like scared to use Crest toothpaste one time, like mm-hmm. that's not going to serve them. It, it might serve them, but that's not going to no, solve it creates some panic. Exactly. And then like, someone oh, what's gonna who's like, no I matter what, press. I'm taking Advil every day if I have a stomach ache mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. Like, who cares what I eat? I'm going to die anyways. That doesn't serve them either. Yeah. But- There needs to be a mirroring of both. And I believe food is medicine. I believe your lifestyle and your stress Mm -hmm. levels and what you put in your body has a huge effect on your health. But I also believe that that Western medicine has done amazing things for our world, our society. And there might be times where you need them. So I haven't had an issue in my life where... I went to a million doctors and they couldn't figure out. So I can't speak to someone who has had that experience. But what I can say is that I've seen someone go through med school. I've seen how much they know. I've seen the heart and the love that they put into saving their patients every day. Mm -hmm. And that is worth something. So when I go to Instagram and I see people shit on doctors, it bothers me. Like, it's something to talk about your personal experience. And I've had some bad doctor experiences, but I've also had some bad holistic doctor experiences, Uh, too. So... Remember that there's a person behind it, and remember that these people are trained in that field, so Jacob is trained to know medical science if you have x, he knows what me- that's how he's trained so because he doesn't know that mm-hmm. kale does x y and z doesn't that's not his fault he's not trained in that, so that's yeah. why I think there's there needs to be a mirroring of the both like Jacob loves that I'm a health coach, and he lo- he thinks there should be more involvement with stuff like that, like mm-hmm. he's seen some terrible stuff and he said you know what you need to see a nutritionist you need to move you need to work out but a lot of the time when they come to him or when they come to a medical doctor they if they don't have western intervention they're gonna get they're gonna die or they're you know like they're to the point where they need that maybe to get them to a certain place before they can take on the other things because the Mm. average person doesn't care enough to do a lot of preventative medicine to be honest so I think there's flaws in both systems, a hundred percent. And the first thing, the first thing isn't always medication, but a marrying of the two is something I really value because I love holistic practices too. But I also really value mm-hmm. the medical practice. So I think combining them and being open to both to get to you to get you to a place of healing, whatever that may be, yeah. is super valuable. On anxiety, I have always had terrible anxiety, but Mm -hmm. I didn't know it for so long. That's how I
0: was as a kid. I felt, I would say, there was this very triggering thing for me, and it's actually a trigger for, I think, some of my listeners because I've gotten messages about it. So I just am getting, yeah, (laughs) trigger warning. Um, For me, it's the idea of time never ending. So after you die, like – I'm not afraid of death, but it's this weird – I can't even explain it. But when I think about, okay, after I die, I'm just like floating in space, but then time never ends. So am I just constantly floating? Okay. And so as a kid, when I used to talk, I remember the exact place I was having this conversation with my cousin. And I had this whole wave come over my body, and I felt like I was going to pass out or throw up. And I would just like scream, like, we have to stop talking about this. We have to stop talking about this. So I didn't know then that it was anxiety but that was my first memory of really having like close to panic.
1: Right. So, wow. That's so different than my experience because I've always had anxiety of like not having everything I'm going to need, not getting everything I had done. I And like it, it taking over. So, I mean when I worked at Leo Burnett which is the ad agency I worked at, like I was a rock star. Like, I'm not, I, I, yeah. I realize that now. I got promoted every year. I was good at my job and I think at that point in my life, my anxiety of not getting everything done and stuff just manifested in hyper-productivity.
0: Uh, that is and literally my life at J.P. Morgan.
1: Yes. So that hyper-productivity, I guess, like I remember crying sometimes at work, like so stressed out, but I never, I wasn't in tune with myself mentally at that time, even though I was like early 20s. Like, But you were also being
0: rewarded.
1: Exactly, I just had yeah. this conversation with
0: my therapist. Okay, yeah. Because you're doing all these things and you're getting rewarded for the behavior. Like I was getting rewarded for like someone would ask me to do something and I would do it instantaneously because I, I had to. And I would be so anxious if I hadn't gotten it done. And there was this anxiety every morning where I woke up where I like, I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do right. this. Constantly feeling like I was going to throw up. But then I would get rewarded because everyone was like, oh, you're doing such a great job. Yes. You're, here's a great bonus. You're getting promoted. You're a part of this group. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So then it just felt like that's what I had to be doing.
1: Yes. I totally and it understand. wasn't yeah.
0: acknowledged how really all it was was severe anxiety.
1: Yeah. And so when I re- I realized I had really bad anxiety when I moved to Michigan, because mm-hmm. for the first time, like, I grew up in a, in Toronto, in a community where everyone kind of Go, follows a similar path, and I've never been outside my comfort zone in my life. Like mm-hmm. moving to Detroit with zero friends, not a, like not a city.
0: And why was, did like, you and Jacob move there? Was because that that's where he's, where he's
1: from. Okay. So he's American. I had to get a green card and everything, but that's another story. <laughs> um, so I was like alone, didn't have a, did get this job, was like hating it so much every day. I was like, what's going on? And my anxiety manifested a little bit more in depression at that time. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time I started going to therapy and started, you know, getting in touch with why am I like this? Wait, I actually have really bad anxiety. And I worked on it for months and tried to do meditation, tried to journal, tried to do yoga and eating better. And it just wasn't going anywhere. Like I would wake up with this you know when someone scares you or you realize you sent someone the wrong text? That's exactly how I feel it when It just I wake followed up. me around all day and it was literally debilitating. Like no matter how much yoga, how much this I did, how well I ate, it wouldn't go away. So mm-hmm. I decided to go on medication mm-hmm. and I went on Zoloft, which I had very little side effects and it helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. And a year and a half later, which is December 2018, I had been like feeling really comfortable in my business, worked really hard, and everything I was doing felt in a very good place. I still mm-hmm. had anxiety here and there for sure in a, in an urgency of a way that was that was healthy. Yeah. So I was like, I'm good. I'm going to go off it. I haven't announced this publicly, but mm-hmm. that I announced publicly in, in December. Yeah. But the, what I'm about to say, I haven't announced publicly. In May 2000, like six months later, I went back on it. So I'm back mm-hmm. on it now. Yeah. Um, 20% of the dose I was on before because... Just, I, I felt really good, and then it it came back when I was off the medication, and I'm doing everything else mm-hmm. right. This is just who I am, and, like, I would wake up, like, I remember going to Jacob's med school graduation a couple months ago. It was, like, supposed to be the happiest day ever, but I, every time someone called my name or I got a text, my heart would sink. It just wasn't healthy, and mm-hmm. in the end, like, that stress is more harmful for my body than totally 20 agree. milligrams of Zoloft, and... Yeah. I'm back on it, and I, four weeks in, I felt like I could live again. I'm so Mm. grateful for that. But I also have been meditating every single day for the past couple Mm -hmm. months. I take care of my body. I move. I put up boundaries. These are all things I learned when medicine allowed me to get to a mental place that I could do those things. Yeah, This is like the ultimate marrying of Western-Eastern philosophy. So... I'm very grateful for it. I haven't shared that I'm back on it yeah, thank until you for right now. That with us. You're welcome. And I'm probably going to talk about it soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I'm not ashamed. I feel like a million times better. Why was I harming myself just because I was worried about the label of being back on medication as a wellness blogger? Yeah. That's the honest truth.
0: So, when I think about I'm a week into my medication okay. as of this recording. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be further along when this releases. But it was something that I was, my neurologist was the one. That told me – so basically after my concussion, I had two months of like horrendous headaches and that was why I was on disability for work. Eventually I was able to go two weeks without a headache and so I was cleared to go back to the office. I went back to the office and I worked for three weeks and then left to pursue this full time. And so – They've kind of started to come back, and it's so weird because I can't really remember when because I think about my wedding, which was after my accident, and I remember being fine, but I do remember having the fear that I was going to get a headache. So I knew it was like somewhere around then, but basically I had recently been having a headache every single morning. So I'd wake up with one. Sometimes they would wake me up in the middle of the night, and then it would depend on whether it went away, got better, or just maintained or got worse throughout the day. And that's no way to freaking live. And no. my anxiety was also very high. And so when I saw my neurologist, I was just going to him, being like, do I need more scans? What's going on with my brain? Because when it's injury-induced, I have a lot of anxiety over health. Yes. And so it would spark more anxiety of like, my brain isn't fucking healed. I'm never going to recover. This isn't fair. Why did that asshole hit me? Um, and then just spirals into worse anxiety and then worse headaches. And so he was the one that said he thinks, like, cognitively I'm healed. And that's very obvious by the fact that I can have a conversation and write and read and do all that. But he thinks that more emotionally it's now that my anxiety manifests in different ways, and that's just through headaches. So he was the one that recommended going on amitriptyline, which is technically an antidepressant but also has neurological benefits for headaches. And I left that meeting Crying with my mom, being like another fucking person, telling me I have anxiety. Like, I get it. And it took me two months, really, to sit with that information that he gave me. Two months of also my symptoms, unfortunately, continuing and getting a little worse. And the acceptance of who the fuck cares what my career is, what industry I'm in. Like, I'm unapologetically myself. Yes. And... The fact that I'm not saying, oh, I have anxiety and my first thing I'm going to do is go on medication. I see an acupuncturist. I work with my healer. I go to therapy. I meditate. I I journal. Like, you name it, I've done it. Yes. And so, for me, those are all things that I'm going to continue to practice because they do help, I believe, in those practices. But I also believe that you can do all of these holistic things but still need actual medication. Right. Yeah. And so we're very – I think we feel the same way. I
1: I agree completely and it's different if you're like feeling se- like I think working on yourself can involve different modalities and mm-hmm. whether that like whether that's a chemical a chemical from a pill or mm-hmm. you know an essential oil like they yeah. all can do something and this is my biggest like in in addition to balance, my biggest thing is the danger is in the dose. And I think people freak out about a ton of stuff. Like, oh, I can't, like someone once texted me like on Instagram, your toothpaste has fluoride in it. I'm like, get a life. Like, like I'm not harming myself because I use this toothpaste three times or even if I use it every day, like it's the dangers in the dose. There's, you know, research out there. And I think we do need to take responsibility and know people aren't, you know, a lot, there are a lot of unsafe products mm-hmm. and things and medications out there. So we do need to do our research. But really having a balance in how you approach those things is where I, th- I think wellness to me really comes in. Mm-hmm. And I think it can be dangerous if you're extreme in both ways. So I really try to stay That's away from I extremes, agree. especially with food, especially with like health things. I mean, like mm-hmm. I used to be have a terrible relationship with food. And would, like, overeat incessantly because I was scared I wasn't going to be full enough. And then I had a fear of getting too full. So, like, anything in extreme for me just, like, doesn't work. Mm -hmm. That's why I do not look at calories. Neither. um, Because if I it'll trigger me. Like, I know Mm -hmm. what isn't going to be healthy for me in the end. So finding that balance individually is has been really valuable for me. And I think that's what everybody's goal should be, like finding what balance is going to work for them, Mm -hmm. whether that be a little bit more Western versus Eastern, a little bit less of the you know the opposite or if counting calories works for you then go for it you know yeah
0: and I think that's it it was very interesting because on the Samsung panel last night I was asked like how I would define wellness Mm -hmm. and I've been asked it before or balance and for me it's really not being too extreme on either end because if you're someone that is never working out binging on ice cream only eating fast food on that end of the spectrum yes obviously you're not living a balanced or healthier lifestyle or practicing quote unquote wellness But if you are only drinking green juice in the morning, obsessed over your workouts, sweating three times a day for hours on it, like, that is orthorexia that exists. Yeah. And it's really easy to go into that pool. Yeah. Like, it is – I trust – I was never, like, diagnosed with orthorexia. But when I think about how restrictive I was at a certain point in my life and obsessed over things and the food fear I had, like, it riddled me. It – it yes. took up so much fucking space of my life and Me my too. brain space that Me I too. you know, it was such a waste.
1: Waste. Such I agree. a waste.
0: Um so figuring that out, but then also accepting that certain things work for certain people and they don't work for you. Yeah. And I think with Instagram, there I mean, with anything, there's no one size fits all. But with Instagram, it's really being weary wary, whatever the word is, of who you're taking information from and how yes. you're consuming it. Yeah. Because you know, even this conversation, we're obviously not doctors. Nope. And I'm, I'm obviously not telling anyone to just blindly go on medication. No. But my medicine, amitriptyline, um, I talked about it on my story. And I said how, you know, when I take it at night, I sleep really soundly throughout the night. And I even, like, when Joe woke up to go pee or something and I kind of woke up, I was, like, crawling out of a dream, kind of. Like, yeah. you know, when you're so tired. So,
1: do you take it to help you sleep?
0: No, but you're supposed to take it at night because it makes you groggy.
1: Okay, so I'm on a totally – mine's just like a a regular, like –
0: I take it every night. And so it lasts throughout the day. But, like, instantly after you take it, it makes you a little groggy. So my doctor tells me to take it at night so I'm not groggy during the day. Got it. But when I said that on my story, some girl DM'd me. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is just proof that, like, there is no one-size-fits-all because I was diagnosed or I was prescribed amitriptyline and it – gave me the worst insomnia. Like, oh. couldn't, and I've had a few people say that as well. So, it, it just goes to show that, like, you have to figure out what works for you. Just because it works for someone else doesn't mean, it's, and same with, like, food intolerance and shit like that. Like
1: Yeah. I, I love dairy, and I it's yeah. like, suck him. I do, too. And people are like, I'll share something dairy. Oh, doesn't that hurt your stomach? No, I actually, like, I'm totally fine with dairy, but, like, if I have raw broccoli or cauliflower, like, Mm-hmm. I'll be in deep trouble, like yeah. literally, like my stomach will kill. So, but some people are great on on the cruciferous vegetables. So mm-hmm. it's just everyone's so different, and yeah. that's also a huge reason why I'm not a dietitian. You're not a dietitian. Nope. I never give nutrition advice on my Instagram. Never. Like I'll be like, this has good serving of fiber, or this is a great source of protein, or this mm-hmm. is you know low in added sugar. But I'll never be like everyone needs 26 grams of protein per meal. Yeah. Like very careful with that stuff. I do not give nutrition advice on my platform Mm -hmm. at all because I can't and I don't want I know what kind of people are following me and that's not like I don't I don't think that's giving value to anybody because it's it's giving a disservice I agree so it's yeah I think it's important to be very wary of the power that you have in your platform and Mm -hmm. understanding who follows you I had a 16 year old girl DM me the other day and I was just like wow I'm happy that I Share a balanced view, and I'm happy that. Yeah. Well, that's that is my view, and I'm yeah. happy that I'm not
0: encouraging uh, certain yeah, behaviors, yeah, yeah, or because I think a lot of accounts, unfortunately, whether they're aware of it or not, are triggering. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's also hard to know because, like, as someone who's creating content that's consumed, like, I don't know what's necessarily triggering for someone else, yeah. and like, I yeah. said something about how you know, when I gained. I, like, stepped on the scale for the first time, I guess it was, like, a few months ago when I was home, and I don't own a scale I never have, and I was in Princeton, and we have one in the bathroom. It's honestly, like, just, like, a decoration. It's, like, a pretty glass thing. Yeah. Like, I don't think anyone actually uses it, and except to maybe wear suitcases before we travel. And so <laughs> I stepped on it, and I was like, wow. I mean, I knew I gained weight because certain things weren't fitting, but I had – the number was probably, like, 10 pounds heavier than the last time I remember ever seeing my number. Right. And I shared that on my story, but I also said on my story, like, I'm not going to share the number with you yeah, because not that I care about that number, I I don't think it shows anything or I don't feel less than if it was high or low, but right. that number could be triggering for someone yeah, else and 100%. be like, oh my God, she weighs, and now I'm just going to make up a number, kay. but like she weighs 50 pounds, like I weigh 70 pounds and like we're the same height and oh my God, and I would be sharing it in a way of saying like, yes, I'm I gained weight and I'm fine. Not knowing that it could trigger. Does that make any sense?
1: Yeah. And I think like on the flip side, you're all about being unapologetically you Mm. and sharing your truth. I'm the same. And if someone doesn't like me, then don't follow me. But I agree. I think our responsibility as wellness bloggers is to remember that we do have influence. Like, yeah, we do. And people do turn to us for.
0: This is such a joke. To compare these but like with great power comes great responsibility because exactly. it's not power but like yeah you do have to be aware of what you're saying
1: yeah I think like there's a responsibility mm-hmm. built in
0: is there anything that you well this would kind of out it but are there topics that you write off of like I don't feel comfortable talking about that or yes yeah politics oh yeah I don't talk
1: about politics um I'm very careful with that stuff Mm-hmm. I don't have like intense political beliefs at all. Like I'm pretty chill because I'm Canadian. <laughs> yeah, um, and I don't really like to talk about religion. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm Jewish, and I share like if I'm going to like a bat mitzvah or if I'm at like you know Shabbat dinner or something. But yeah. I and I'm not a religious person at all. And but that's just like my culture. Mm-hmm. But I don't like to share too much about that either. Not that I'm ashamed. Like I'm a proud Jewish person. Yeah. But I just don't like to be. I don't want to. I just don't feel comfortable talking in depth about those two things.
0: Mm. It's interesting. I get politics, I agree. I don't really, I mean, I say things like, you know, my whole view with politics is like we all have the right to vote and we all have the right to believe in whatever the fuck we believe in, but like figure out what you believe in and use that right.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't vote in this
0: country, by the way. Oh, yeah. I was going to say. I know. But for. I live
1: here, I pay taxes, and I can't
0: vote. It's (laughs) insane. But religion-wise, a lot of people ask me. I don't know. Like, on my Q&As, a lot of people ask if I'm religious. I don't know if it's, like, something – I that, see
1: religion being a huge part of social media. I don't have anything against it. Like, my, I, yeah. I think – I love when people –
0: I'm not religious at all. Like, I don't – I think it's I great when people went went have faith or and or share that
1: because I think that's a huge connector to people. And that's the whole I totally purpose agree. of social media.
0: Well, I also think religion is just community. And I yeah. was having this conversation with my dad because he asked me, like, do any of your friends go to church? Like, is that a thing that your group is doing? Like my outside of Instagram world, and you're real friends. Yeah, <laughs> yes,
1: <laughs> you're real. Friends. You're
0: a real. F- you know what I mean. Yeah, like I yeah, never mean no. to insult anyone, I say but I the do same say thing. Yeah, it's I like say the real same world, thing. Instagram world. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I didn't grow up going to church. I didn't have my like communion or whatever it's whatever it's called. I don't even know what it's called. Um, I don't believe in God. Like yeah. I, it, I have nothing against religion. It just doesn't work for me. It doesn't fit my beliefs. And so my dad was asking me this, and I said, It's really interesting because I think religion, for a lot of people, the main thing that draws them is community, whether they're aware of it or not. Yeah. And I think in today's world, community is being built around a lot of things. And so I think people are getting that community maybe outside of religion. Yeah. So it was just very interesting parallel and realization. But what we were saying of the whole like, Power and influence and, you know, responsibility of that. I felt that way a lot. And now I'll talk – well, I don't really care. But I felt when I, whenever I would smoke or eat an edible or get high, yeah. like, I felt weird sharing that on my Instagram story because, I mean, I didn't think there was a need. But there could be kids following yeah, – like, yeah, I never yeah. wanted to put off the persona that everyone should be – Getting high. Yeah. And also, it's, it, it was being done illegally. But then once I got my medical marijuana license, I was like, you oh. You have your medical marijuana Yeah. That's sweet. I was like, <laughs> now I feel comfortable Top. speaking about it yeah. because I did it. I'm now consuming it in a different way. Yeah. And I now feel like that's fine. I'm not telling everyone to go do it. But if they had questions, I could give them more information on my process. Yes. T- totally. So it's just interesting to have to think about like what am I putting out there? Yeah, on a an and it's everyday like basis. some days
1: I literally I'm like oh my god I'm sharing my life with twenty seven thousand people and I my heart sinks of shame and embarrassment and mm-hmm. I'm like how am I doing this? But then I'm then I like get nice messages like that comes and goes pretty quickly. Yeah. but it's so weird like this world it's is so weird so weird like everyone knows what I'm doing all the time and oh this is a this is interesting I. Sometimes I feel like my friends don't keep up with me or check in with me because they see everything. And I don't think it's conscious, but sometimes I feel like a little isolated, even though Mm -hmm. I've made such amazing real world connections through Mm -hmm. Instagram. Sometimes in my real life life, I feel like people don't check in on me or share with me because Mm -hmm. of that. But on the flip side, I had a friend give me great feedback, actually. And she said to me, I feel like you don't tell me things because you assume I see everything on Instagram which was really great feedback with with me for me. And I'm like, thank you so much for telling me that. I I didn't know you needed that. And I didn't know that people needed that. And I thank you. Like, I'm going to now remember that you need more offline interaction Mm -hmm. with me. And- yeah, so that's just, it's very, it's that toggling that yeah. balance. And also, I know Joe's the same. Jacob
0: hates being on my Instagram. Like, mm-hmm. once in a yeah. while, he's
1: like, ooh, I'll go on it. And then most times, he's like, don't put me on it. Don't put don't me on the, it. Like, that,
0: that, that ooh, I'll go on it has never happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, he has agreed to be on the podcast. We're oh, recording this weekend.
1: Oh, okay. I'm excited for that one.
0: <laughs> it, it's to be determined. if He will either be, like, so good or, like, I have no interest in this. It's going to be interesting.
1: But, and I'm sure you would say this too, they couldn't be more supportive.
0: Oh, 100%. Showing it off
1: to everybody, the yeah. whole, like, medical staff at McNeil Hospital Falls. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he came to my first event last night. Because all my events are usually, like, in the morning yeah. after he's at work. And it's, like, all females doing a workout. And I, I don't – I also, like, <laughs> want everyone else to feel comfortable. Like, I don't yeah. need Joe in the corner, like, not wanting be so to be there funny. and watching. Yeah. Um, But he came last night. And it was really – he was very sweet. Um, Aww. But, yes, very supportive. Um, but now I lost, I feel like I definitely had something. Oh,
1: friends, real connection. Oh, yes.
0: I struggle with the fact of, like, I have a, I think you're similar. I have a lot of friends. Yes. And a lot of close friends. And so it's hard to remember to tell every single person everything. Yeah. And so I almost feel guilt when someone reaches out and like, oh, my God, I didn't know this was happening. I'm like, fuck, I forgot to tell you. It's just, I feel like I'm always, like, being held accountable Whereas maybe something else is happening in someone's life. And they don't
1: and tell you. And they don't you. tell me, but I yeah. would never
0: know. Like, I'd yes. be like, why didn't you tell me?
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so,
0: it's, so, it's so interesting.
1: Like, I had a friend tell me, like, I'm nervous you're going to get pregnant. I'm going to find out on social media. And I'm like, no.
0: I will tell you. That was. I will not announce my pregnancy yeah. without, like, telling you. Danielle, one of my close friends had always said and this was before freckled Foodie. she's like my biggest fear is that you'd get engaged and i'd see it on instagram i'm like danny what absolutely not like that would never happen meanwhile like it didn't happen but (laughs) she was yeah she was involved and that would never be the case but i agree it's hard and i even feel like that way sometimes with my family like forgetting to tell them for instance last night this samsung panel i texted my family i like Posted about it on my Instagram stories. I sent to my email distribution. So, like, in my opinion, they were all notified. And I said to my little sister, like, oh, if you're not doing anything, you should come speak on the panel. And she's like, oh, I have plans, whatever. Fine. So, Joe came and he took a picture. And, like, the picture makes it look – it was a legit event. And, like, I was on yeah, the big screen. Yeah, I thought it was legit. Whatever. And so he sent it, and my little sister texted me. She's like, what the fuck? Why didn't you tell me it was, like, a big deal? Like, I would have come. I wasn't really doing anything. Like, I thought it yeah. was small. And that older sister's like, what is this? I'm like, I it's, – it's hard because I never want to make everyone feel like they have to come to everything. Yeah, I know. Because I hate when people constantly tell me things and then make me feel like the bad guy where I'm like, I can't, I can't, I can't. Yeah. Like, stop freaking inviting me into these things.
1: Yeah. Side note, will you come to Chicago and do an event?
0: Yeah, uh, it's definitely on the list. Okay. D.C. is next, but before but I Chicago. leave, Chicago. Okay, yes, we'll do it in the spring because okay. I'm not coming to Chicago in the winter. No, I'm
1: going to be in Florida a lot. I'll see you there. <laughs>
0: exactly, we'll do something in Florida. Ooh, we, um, should. we definitely should. So to close out, yes, we haven't even really spoken at food, about food at oh, all. Okay, but what are the three ways to your heart through food?
1: Oh, it's the hardest question ever. I'm going to start with ice cream. And I know, like, you yes. also love ice cream. I have had two amazing ice creams since I've been here, and both were vegan. I mean, I'm not vegan. I eat dairy, but I yeah. love trying vegan ice cream because I'm mm-hmm. like, wow, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, So ice cream is always my dessert of choice. Um, I love burrata. Wait, hold on. I'm okay. sorry. We
0: can't just, like, that quickly <laughs> okay, move okay. over ice cream. What is your favorite I flavor? I like, like,
1: sweet and salty. So I like, like, chocolate chip cookie dough mm. or, like... Okay, my favorite is Jenny's salted peanut butter with... Oh, my God, the uh, peanut butter brittle? Okay, au- b- brown butter almond brittle yeah. or whatever that one is. I don't like, like, strawberry ice cream or mint chip. Okay, I like, like, caramels, chocolates, peanut butters, salt, Are salt. you, like,
0: do you think... Would you classify yourself as, like, a classic ice cream or, like, more new age, like, the world we're living in now where it's, like, Ample Hills has, like... Which is right next door if you want to try. it. But there's like ice cream with like potato chips in it and all this stuff and like the crazy wacky flavors.
1: Um, less that, more like, more towards like okay, you know, because I'm a
0: total classic girl.
1: Me too. Like when I went to that, I don't know how to pronounce it, Koku. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. So Vegan good. Ice cream. It was comparable to Frankie and Joe's in Seattle, which is also. I really cannot cool. wait to go there. Are you going to Seattle?
0: No, but like I need to. Okay, yeah, it was
1: really good. <laughs> um, it was, and I just got chocolate and vanilla. I'm like, gonna keep it classic. That's what I did. Yeah, it was really. Would you get a family one? I got the uh, chocolate chip cookie dough. Okay. And my friend got the peanut butter one. She was like, I'm not going to get vegan. I'm like, just give it a shot. And she was like, wow, my first vegan ice cream was so good. Couldn't believe it.
0: What's your favorite brand of ice cream if you had to choose?
1: Oh, that's so hard. Um, I'd say Jenny's.
0: It's really good. Yeah. Do you know my story of Jenny's? No. My history. So my dad's from Ohio originally. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he, his family, like, used to send us Jenny's because it was from Columbus Um, over the holidays as our Christmas present. They would send like a mixed six case. So I knew about Jenny's when it was only in Ohio. Yeah. And I was obsessed with it. Like it was the best day when it would arrive. And at that that time they only had like a few flavors. So it was like the very like classic ones. And they then, when I went to college, my mom every semester would ship me a mixed (gasps) case pack. And it was like fucking – Christmas Day when that shit arrived. I would go to the mail room. I'd bring it, like, the year I lived in a sorority, I have photos that I have to post on my Instagram. I would set them all up on a table and, like, test them all. And then when I lived in the sorority, I didn't have a freezer except for, like, the actual kitchen. So, so you'd I have to them, eat it all. <laughs> well, i put them all in the freezer and I would leave psycho sticky notes. Like, if you touch this, I will freaking like find you. Yes. You with ate a sandwich. My sam- <laughs> like, the soaker... Super Soaker bread, oh, the yeah. Thanksgiving sandwich. <laughs> I would, I t- I basically like threatened everyone, but I love Jenny's. Okay, it's so good. Well, we, where are we getting ice cream tonight in Baltimore? I don't know. We got to figure that out. We'll
1: ask on our stories.
0: Um, all um, right, number two, burrata. Uh,
1: okay, burrata. Just like I don't know if it's this summer. I've been having a lot of burrata, mm-hmm. and I asked you, you just to order ordered it for the peach and burrata? <laughs> I just love burrata. Just mm-hmm. love it. I love it too. Um, and then, oh, I this is like the hardest ever. I just love peanut butter. Yeah. <laughs> so like anything peanut butter, whether it's a baked good or a cookie or like I PB&J on like warm sourdough toast.
0: Mm. And I also
1: love avocados.
0: Are you peanut butter over almond butter?
1: I'm peanut butter over almond butter, but I switch it up for okay. sure. But And who's I, your
0: favorite peanut butter brand?
1: Wild Friends. Oh, right. You I love, love Wild Friends. I mean, I love also Whole Foods and Trader Joe's, but yeah. Wild Friends is just awesome. I love it. And they're the sweetest girls. I met them at yeah. Expo West. yeah, yeah. I remember. It was so good. Um, what else? I feel like I'm going to leave this podcast and be like, shit, I didn't say. It's this. okay. We but I love food things. generally. I know. So. <laughs> it's it's
0: honestly the hardest thing to decide. Um, well, thank you so much for being on here. This was so much fun. This was so fun just hanging out with you. I, I feel know. like we got to catch up on Via here. Podcast. <laughs> and now we'll get our work done on the train <laughs> totally. instead just killing two birds with one stone. Totally. Um, so everything will be in the show notes. But to awesome. follow you, eat well with Sari.
1: Yeah, at eat well with Sari. And my blog is eatwellwithsari.com.
0: Perfect. Thank you guys for listening and I'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. I thoroughly hope you enjoyed it. If you could be so kind, I would greatly appreciate a rate and or review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast. Currently, this one's available on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please subscribe to make sure you're up to date with new episodes coming at you every Friday morning. If once a week isn't enough of me, please follow along on my most active social channel, Instagram. Find me, my unedited videos, recipes, random rants, and info for all my other social channels on there, at Freckled Foodie.